So I have an idea for the opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's here's my pitch, basically, is um, so we're all we're working in a, a video game store or like a like a development like where they make video games, not like mm-hmm. a video Got game it. store. And um, and Nick comes in and he says that he has an idea for a video game based on something he did that morning. And we are employees. You and Matt and I are employees. And we're like, oh, okay. well, well, what's, what is it? What happened? What Tell do you have as an it. idea? And the character Nick is playing based on Nick drops trow and he has removed the skin from his penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, super, super meat boy. And we're like, oh, my God. And we just respond like in horror and concern. And. Uh, and, and, and Nick is like, what, what I'll, I'll just put it back. If you don't like it, I'll just put it back. <laughs> and uh-huh. then we hear his horror as he tries to replace the skin and it won't stay on. Um, so that's like my, there's, I don't know. There's an area there that we might explore. Uh, no, I think, I think it's good. I think it, it gives us a, a, a lot of places to go. And just to, just in terms of the visual you're talking about, like the skinless penis, like, do you mean like kind of something, <laughs> something like this? Like, oh! No. oh my God. Oh, no, no, Nick. No. Oh God. Oh, no. What did do you I, do? Should I put the skin back? No, do no, I put the, I'll put the skin back. No, Hold on. Please, no. Please, no. Oh, God. Oh. You're always sitting like that? Oh my God. Nick, oh. No. We jump, slide, and squish our way to thousands of deaths in Indie Darling Super Meat Boy this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to Out of This Can Play, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and wettest video games of all time. That third W was by at Sergey Futurov. Submit yours at GetPlayedPod, hashtag WWW. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back, Bucket Edge. Guys, uh, I want to pull our guest in here real soon, but I, but I, but, but before we do that, we do have some business to attend to. That business being, before we descend into gaming hell, although you know, the hell is it, it is relative in this term in, in this week. Maybe there is actual hell in terms gaming of, hell. There is gaming literal there is hell. A, there is a there is a a chapter that is hell in this game, and also it is a hellish difficulty level, so it yeah. still qualifies. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, before we get into that as part of the discussion. Let's first spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven talking about something we like. Matt, let us know when to begin. Go for it, Heather. So I received a special order today from my friends at RetroCo, which is my favorite online video game store. And it was a Victor Saturn. Uh, So a V-Saturn has its own startup sound, its own look and aesthetic, uh, but plays all of the Saturn games. 
and the uh, disk drive, the CD-ROM drive, had been replaced with an optical disk emulator. So you can now run Saturn games off of a um, memory, like a flash card. Mm-hmm. And I am in heaven. You can play patched games. You can play imports. You Like, I sat down in front of my old CRT, and I had the morning of my dreams where I was just like, Street Fighter, okay, I've had enough of that. Knights, okay, I've had enough of that. Like, I just, what's also funny is that I only played stuff that I already own, which is... <laughs> Now that I'm thinking about it, not the way I maybe should have like jumped in, but I'm really excited to play Police Knots on it, patched and uh, wow. and subtitled. Uh, it's going to be an incredible experience, and it really made my day. Wow, that's it. I'm uh I'm so envious of you, Police Knots alone. A translated Police Knots that you can play on the Saturn is so like it, I'm I'm so envious of that. Translated police knots, translated uh, Utena, which I'm a huge fan of that fucking anime. Uh, there's an Evangelion game that's gonna that's trans fan patched that I can play. Like I, I mean, it's it's like the densest late '90s experience you can have is a region free jukebox of a Saturn on a CRT. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, that you're playing two player with Chandler Bing. <laughs> Which one was Chandler? Uh, that I had was... a different experience of the 90s. Mine was like all like the backs of game pros. Oh, got so it, I got honestly it. don't know which one is Chandler. You don't know which friend's cast member Chandler was. He Chandler was the funny one. I mean, they were all funny yeah. in their own ways, but Chandler cracked jokes. Yeah, Matthew Perry. Uh, hey, we should introduce our guest, an actor and comedian from UCB and the recent Crash Bandicoot commercials. Alex Berg <laughs> is here. Hi, Alex. Hello! Welcome it back, is. Alex. <laughs> no one could see that I just did like a big hello motion with my hands. It's not necessary. That's weird that you would say that because you didn't do anything. You sat absolutely rigid <laughs> oh, and still. Yeah, and you, you like somehow went wall-eyed while you were doing it. <laughs> just, just I went full on sheet. Just one eye to either side. 360 degree field of vision. It's my superpower. <laughs> So before we started recording, we were talking about cyberpunk. And oh even God. though it's going to be a little bit dated by the time this comes out, I I want to keep talking about it a little bit more. Right? Yeah, so yeah. we're we're for context we're recording this in mid-December before Christmas and we this episode will be out in mid-January. So, you know, sometime will be passed. Maybe CD Project Red will have unleashed their uh, um, their promised massive patch in January and everything will be hunky-dory, but as of now, this game is a real shit show. Um, and it's, 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 I mean, it's, I, I guess I think we're all mentally at the stage where we're just appreciating how broken it is just for its hilarity. I, so my favorite, I was about to say before we started recording, my favorite way to play Grand Theft Auto three was all weapons mod for all of the pedestrians. So <laughs> you you would start so you're just game, walking through like a John Wick universe at that yeah, point, right? It, like, it was, <laughs> you, you you would you would start the game and it would you'd literally if you lasted a minute, it was a miracle because like everybody had a rocket launcher. And if all you like it was like a sort of Pac-Man experience where you're avoiding everybody on the street. If you hit anybody with your car and anybody panics, then everything explodes. Um, 
watching the cy- cyberpunk glitches, I'm hungry for a game where the physics is a little wrong and the AI is a little wrong on purpose. That it's a sandbox <laughs> where shit can be crazy. Not programmed to be crazy, but programmed to be um, a it's little loose. less compliant. Yeah, it's loose right. rules. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a, it's an intentionally sloppy universe and you can slop your way through it. And I hope that one of the people who listens to this show uh, in in four years contacts us and says, guess what I made? Because it would be <laughs> a real joy to like be talking to an NPC and suddenly he's an airplane and the room explodes. <laughs> uh, the uh, I, I'm I'm playing it on PC. I'm playing Cyberpunk on PC. Matt is playing it on PS4. Berg, you're not you're not messing around with it at all. He's no, on PS5. I, on the five. I'm, I'm honestly just uh, ooh, oh fancy fancy man. Um, no, I'm honestly just. <laughs> You know, it's one of those games where I was like, uh, this looks like a game I would enjoy, but I have a really hard time with first person perspective. It just like makes yes. me like nauseated, you know? So I was like, well, I, I decided ages ago, I'm not going to play it. So I just get to sit back and watch everybody freak out. And it's, yeah. it's, it's truly, it's a wonderful armchair experience. You know, like I get why it'd be frustrating if you've been waiting for all these delays and all the hype for it and stuff, but not caring and just getting to see like, all the shit going wrong with it is really kind of the best cyberpunk experience, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I will say, uh, Berg, you know, because I, too, am not great with first-person games. They make yeah. me a little bit motion sick, and that is definitely exacerbated with a game that sometimes runs at 18 frames per second. <laughs> um, oh, yeah? It's not, pro- yeah. <laughs> it's not providing you with the verisimilitude you need to, like, really no, no. that effect? No, no. <laughs> no, it's it's quite bad. Uh, but the uh, but but yeah, we're we're the the glitch videos, regardless of whether you're playing this game or not, are just so entertaining. We were watching one before we started. Of it's a it's just like a perfect like three beat sketch of just there's a car that's upside down in the middle of the road, and then a pedestrian <laughs> gets out of the car. Uh, the driver gets out of the car, also upside down, walks on air uh, with his head facing the pavement. Uh, a few steps, and then the car explodes and he dies. <laughs> no, first, wait, wait, wait. He pops on top of the car and stands rigid. Oh, that's right. Yes. For just he half stands a in the other carriage. Yeah. For just half a second, he's on top of it. Like maybe he's escaped in his mind. He's finally escaped this hell of being stuck to this invisible ceiling, and then he explodes. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's um, very good. I think I've talked about it on the show. My favorite remains seeing a car flying at you from uh, from an incredible distance like yes. cartwheeling through the air from from an olympic like several olympic football fields away i guess all football fields are the same size olympic sounds larger in my head. Also, yeah. I, I don't believe there is football in the olympics not you know Good. i don't think we have american style football in the, it's not like a concussion you know round table or something i guess we could deconstruct how little i know about sports by uh my attempt to sound professional by saying olympic size football field <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think we could go down that road but i think pretty quickly we're gonna be like i guess all of us are pretty dumb about this huh <laughs> we're all we're all the same level of idiot with with this sort of thing you know like maybe nick has like a little bit of knowledge but i certainly do not I know I, I know the NBA a, a, a little bit, but that's about it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, 
I always love when my, my favorite example, because politicians try so hard to be relatable by talking about sports and they all just sound like such fucking assholes because they don't know what the fuck they're. T- they're all these fucking nerds. They're all these fucking Ivy League nerds who their whole life they've been just like trying to, uh, you know, ascend, climb the ladder of power. So they don't have any actual interests. They're not human beings with souls. And uh, and so like you see, like te- like the Ted Cruz one where he was like he was trying to talk about basketball and he says, you look up there at that basketball ring, which is like <laughs> describing the hoop or the basket as a ring. Even someone who isn't familiar with basketball is like, what are you talking about, man? I feel like Ted Cruz owns himself on Twitter once every 48 hours in a way that is astonishing. Well, it's like, great also because he liked a porn tweet on 9-11. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about he liked, that. Yeah, he liked the uh, gif of of milf porn on nine eleven. Um, and and it's such a great gif that anytime he gets clowned on on Twitter, it's just a wall of people replying with that gif <laughs> of like that, <laughs> that bespectacled busty woman looking from behind a door, scandalized while her like you know daughter in the porno is getting railed by her husband. Um, <laughs> Fucking hell, man! What it's, a legacy! Uh, yeah. What a legacy! What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what famously legacy. normal man. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, liking liking a porn tweet on Twitter by accident on Maine is the most human thing any politician has done. <laughs> it is absolutely the most humanizing moment any politician will ever have. Is just like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> He blamed it on a staffer, right? He was like, he blamed it on a staffer. That's that's the other thing, because like I I think the other incident that, and we're pretty, I know we're pretty far afield from from video games at the moment, but the but the other incident <laughs> was, uh, I think of is uh, the guy who handled it well is um the actor who plays oh why is his name escaping oh, Dean, Dean Norris. Norris. Dean, Dean Norris, Norris, yeah, Dean Norris is when he just tweeted out accidentally sex gifts, yeah, because you know. <laughs> <laughs> like every boomer, he just sometimes thinks Twitter is Google. That's fine, you know. Like, yeah. like and anyone, we're all gonna make that mistake when we reach that age. Um, and then he just like left it. Was just like, all right, whatever. And like the tweet is still up there. Yeah. He's like, doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way yeah. to handle it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like maybe I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter 24 hours a day. And I don't see pornography on Twitter. I'll see like beheadings before I see <laughs> pornography on Twitter. Yes. So he had to, like Twitter also isn't a place to go for pornography as far as mm-hmm. I know. Like you go to like you porn or some shit for for porn or like like filthy Snapchat. But like this is like to look to hunt it out on Twitter is so weird. It's when you it's... need the challenge. You, you need the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, it's, you need a little bit more excitement than just typing sex gifts into your Google search bar. You know, right, like, yeah. you really want to, like, narrow it down. <laughs> like, well, this is where I'm going to find the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like it. I, I think there's a part of it, I think, is just older people getting confused. I think part of it also is that that I think a lot of uh, older Twitter users aren't aware that other people can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, I, like, I get anything I do on here. It's just like searching. I'll, I'll bra- you know, whatever. I'll, I'll clear my history and it'll be fine or whatever. Like, there's no understanding that this is every tweet is public and and and. Uh, favorites are searchable or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah it's 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 bizarre to me i would think keep those worlds separate i don't know guys, i don't get it guys 
<clears throat> since since we are here in the past recording this and this takes yes. place in the future, do you think Ted Cruz is still alive when this airs or do you think he's <laughs> he's passed? Uh, you know, I think That's there's it. I I think like the worst thing that you could imagine happen uh, keeps happening. So my guess is that he is alive and has a second heart. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's he better than before. Into the side of his yeah. face, yeah. extra blood into his mouth, so he can talk more. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That was also going to be my exact guess. So. <laughs> 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 um Berg, I do want to I do want to talk about games with you cuz we haven't talked to you in lockdown. <laughs> yes. And uh how how have you been uh, you know I, I know you're on uh you're on the other side of the country right now uh, uh how are you you dealing with uh with gaming in, uh, during this uh, this stretch of covid quarantine? Uh this this particular stretch I've been so you know normally uh I have a a PS4 and a Switch. I've not yet upgraded to PS5. I intend to rectify that uh, uh when I yes. when I can. But um, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, I just I I literally just need a new TV. My current TV is 10 years old and a PS5 will do it no favors. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I got to I got to kind of do it all once. But um, there have been I'd say there have been two main uh, streaks with uh, with gaming for me during all of all of quarantine. One is uh, Last of Us 2, which Mm. um, phenomenal game, masterpiece. Uh, My girlfriend uh, is currently on her a uh, guest on our show. Oh, yeah, yes. Ann Ann Lane, who's been a guest on the show, works with uh, Heather on Rick and Morty, uh, is currently on her sixth playthrough of Last of Us 2. And so that has been the background music to my 2020 is just a bloater (laughs) in the other room. (laughs) Really a lot. And then, and then now that I'm at my folks' place, uh, I'm I'm kind of up in my childhood bedroom, um, and I have a switch set up in a corner. Uh, truly, like the most, it feels like high school. I have a TV on the floor and just like a video game console hooked up to it. <laughs> oh my god! Um, wow, and, that uh, gave and me I, some I, real nostalgic feelings. Yeah. Right, there. that was nice. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and I, I've just been playing Slay the Spire as if it's oh hell yeah, it's so good. I just discovered it like a month ago, but I am completely hooked. And my, my brother got both me and my father into it. And so, you know, it's a thing where it's like, I'll be playing up here and then be like, okay, I need to like go interact with my parents. And I'll walk downstairs and my dad will be like, hey, babe, when you're playing as the watcher, what's the infinity loop do? I forget what the infinity loop does. And I'll be like, oh, well, it evokes your rightmost orb at the start of each of your turns. He's like, which one? My lightning orb? And I'm like, yeah, well, if your lightning orb is the rightmost orb, that's what it'll evoke. Yeah. He's like, Can you do it twice? You know, like it's just, Man. Wow. It's just been that. That's your dad? Uh, yeah, he's playing on iPad, and then I mm. convinced him to download it onto his Switch. So um, oh, he's he's very slowly coming into the console fold. Uh, my, my my dad is probably spending this this podcast moment in the future wondering how it is that Trump isn't president. <laughs> that, I would argue that's a game in and of itself. You know? It is. <laughs> it is mental gymnastics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that uh, Slay the Spire, which I also really enjoyed and by, and com- am totally shit at. I, I kept thinking not I was going to figure it out. It. I just kept my ass kicked all the time. Uh, but, the, but I still love it. But I, I didn't even, my dad like will periodically play a game. And it'll yeah. be something like, you know, 
brain training. Yeah, you know, like like when that was out, mm-hmm. he was playing that. But but he but he does find the the odd game like a Professor Layton, like something that's got some puzzles and a story. Like he'll get into it. I think Slay the Spire would actually work with him because of the card based sort of, and then the math side of things. I think we he'd connect with that. It, I didn't even think about that as like a a non gamer's game. Yeah, my, my dad for for years, like since I was a kid, you know, he he represented uh, one of the guys who started Take Two um, legally. And then when we were kids, we would get all these Take Two games for free. Like we had the first Grand Theft Auto before it was in stores. We had a copy wow. of it we could play on cool. PS1, you know. Um, so he's always been like, you know, interested in that stuff. Uh, he loved the Tomb Raider games. There was a long period of time where he he played some Tom Clancy game that had great stealth. And then he was like, I will only play stealth games, you know. Um, and every, every, every once in a while he'll pick up on a game and it's, it's so idiosyncratic that I can't pin down what his taste is. Cause like he loves inside, like mm-hmm. he, he will Ooh. constantly be going like, I oh, want a wow. game like inside. And I'm like, inside is kind of unique. That's what makes it so great. You know? Yeah. And like he, he dabbled in return of the Oberdin, but he could never get a long enough time to play it to like really get into it. But he liked the right. history and the, mm-hmm. you know, Mac one bit feel of it um and now he's just been obsessing over slave spire which is like i don't i don't know what the the common commonality is to all those things i, I want to yeah. pull the room i would like to pull the room so my i got yes. my mom a switch last year or this year this year for animal crossing here mm-hmm. in quarantine she likes sim city and animal crossing very much what is a switch game that i can buy my mom for christmas which takes place in the past Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that satisfies that same develop a place um, energy. Isn't that what Stardew Valley is? Oh, Stardew Valley is a great one. Yeah, no, yeah. no, yeah, actually, that's, a, that's oh, a great recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Told, yeah. Great. Yeah. I'll, I'll give her Stardew for Christmas. That that happened in the past. I did give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I, yeah, Stardew Valley, I've, I played on PC, but it is on Switch. And that game is, is everything you like about Animal Crossing, uh, just with a, also uh, a more fleshed out dating side of things. Um, I will say that uh, I was going to say that you should crowdsource this, uh, Heather, but then I, I did, you were just- like... This no, but I was going to say you should crowdsource it to our listeners, to our listeners who are oh, like, you know, maybe might have some suggestions we wouldn't think of. But then that's that's irrelevant because we're in the past and this episode's coming out in the future. I have to. Yeah, I have to, it's Christmas. I have to give it to her for Christmas. Yes, I'm aware. I was saying I was going to suggest this. You should just have everybody backdate their tweets. That, oh, then there you go. Yeah. You know, then that, it's would, the exact that would same. be pretty hype if you could, if somebody could figure out how to backdate a tweet but didn't tell anybody. And like <laughs> consistently, like three months out from an event would be like, you know what? I bet's going to happen. Kobe Bryant's going to die in a helicopter crash. And you'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Just perpetually going, check the date, check the timestamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There are guys who do that for sports predictions, and I found and like it, at some point someone explained to me how it worked, and I wish I didn't knew I like was not informed. Where it'll just be like they'll just tweet every possible like person like uh you know team that could win a championship in four years, and then just delete the ones that are wrong, and then mm. we'll point to like look I was right about that, and I'm just like oh I liked it more when it just looked like some random asshole made a completely uh you know specific p- prediction out of nowhere. Um, so you, you've been playing, uh, so, uh, uh, Last of Us Part Two, um, Slay the Spire. I mean, do you, do you like, uh, that sort of, uh, roguelike approach? I mean, is yeah. that, have you found other roguelikes you've, you've connected with in the past? Yeah. I mean, 
obviously Hades has been a huge thing this year. Mm. And like, I, you know, and yes. I, I do, I do love roguelikes in general. Like I put, I put a lot of time into binding of Isaac and rogue legacy, um, uh, wizard of legend, 20 XX dead cells, you know, like a, a lot of the, the ones you'd, you'd think of, but Hades, right. I think really stood out to me because, you know, with me normally with roguelikes, I get very hooked on that, like progression loop and, I was explaining to a friend, like, I think a lot of roguelikes get me with the same progression loop, like a really good RPG will do. They just condense it into an hour. So it's Mm. like a real, like, you know, hard hit of just that leveling up feel. You just get it all condensed into one run and it feels, it feels very good. Hades really caught me off guard because, you know, I'm not the, this is not a novel insight at this point in the year, but like, I expected to enjoy the um, the mechanics of it. I was not ready to get so hooked onto the story. Like 100%. I was really not prepared to get like like oh what is going on with Deuce? Like is she falling? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Um, and uh, and so like you know that's that's the first rogue like in a while where I kind of hit my skill cap. You know, like I got to the point where it's like okay beyond heat four i'm just useless or whatever it is so it's just gonna take me forever to unlock everything but i wanted to keep playing because i was legitimately invested in these threads that were being woven out of greek mythology into the story and i i thought the voice acting was incredible i thought the art and the the environments and the music was also incredible like i i really i really really glommed onto that for a a big chunk of uh, this year yeah, I, I, I've been playing the shit out of that. Uh, it's it's so I actually only went away from it to play Cyberpunk, which a mistake. <laughs> should have kept, <laughs> kept um, But it's a uh, it's Hades is eh, Cyberpunk's still kind of fun, but but Hades is just like so like it's so it's such a pristine game. It's so polished, yeah. like it just does everything right. And I just I mean Matt, you're messing around with it some. Um, yeah, uh, but it's uh, like I, I I same observation as Berg. The, the quality of, of acting and writing and how it just sort of like elevates a game and kind of a genre that is almost played out at this point. I feel like, yeah. I, like I've seen so many different takes on a roguelike and this is the one that's like, oh, wow, they really fucking just went for it and just like like blew it out on all aspects. It's also like the rare game that like doesn't stop being as fun as it is the first time you play it. Like it's, it's like, I have not lost any interest in playing Mm. it. It's like Mm. still as fun as the first time I turned it on. Uh, A thing that Hades and last of us have really made me appreciate is, you know, and and last of us, obviously to me, last of us is like a Moby Dick for this medium. Like it is a incredible, incredibly well done, tale of obsession and vengeance and like you know just it's like not being to like go of it all and you know those first per- those like you know uh those big action games those triple a action games that are narrative like that you tend not to think of in terms of replayability and i think last of us is so expertly crafted that the, it becomes replayable because of its narrative it be- because right. mm-hmm. then when you play through it knowing what's going to happen you have this added sense of dread that you couldn't have had on the first playthrough and it's so well done and the and the bits are so well laid and i think with hades it's a completely different genre that normally you don't i i never once had a round of dead cells where i was like gotta see what happens next you know right. like, um and it's i think it's really kind of highlighting how i don't think this is gaming coming into its own i think there's been amer- amazing narratives in gaming for decades at this point um but i do think hades is a great example of 
they added narrative onto a genre that normally actively runs away from it. And it, it's such an effective combination. I really kind of like how weird it feels. It's kind of like a For dating sure. sim with, with mechanics. Like it's, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. I, very, I have cool. realized, I, I mentioned this because I mentioned that, that element when we were just talking about Stardew Valley and yeah, the dating stuff in, in, in Hades is like, as I've, I've realized that that's an element of games. I really like, like I like dating sims, <laughs> I, even if it's as simple as it kind of is in Hades where it's just like, you know, you give enough nectar to someone and they're in love with you. You know, even even on that sort of like superficial, <laughs> yeah. just sort of gifting level, I still like it. I like that you can build connections with characters and games uh, beyond just, you know, uh, like I, I like that you can kill things. I like that you can fall in love with things. I don't know. This it's fun. This explains a lot of the games that Nick has added to the uh, spreadsheet <laughs> for our show. <laughs> Like, like keeps hammer, like had a full boyfriend was yours. I believe that's true. Um, so was Doki Doki Literature Club. Yes. Fair. And <laughs> <laughs> I believe you've been uh, trying to get sh- showered with your dad, Sim, on the on the show for a while. I mean, I wouldn't qualify. I wouldn't classify it as that as a dating sim. But, uh, you know, you, know, so <laughs> you guys know. Shower with your dad, Sim, was my first pick for for this episode, and yes. I couldn't do it because I'm on uh, I'm on a Mac and I don't I don't have a Windows rig. But mm-hmm. what I had said to Matt when he sent me like the list of games you want is I was like, look, I have a seven year old. It hasn't been that long since we had to shower together. Like, <laughs> I want to play Shower with Your Dad Simulator and know how accurate it is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I want. I want the child pointing at your junk and laughing, and then you feel bad. (laughs) Bert, does your daughter game at all? Yeah, she um she has a switch. She put about three hundred and fifty hours into Animal Crossing this year. Wow. Um, wow. She's deep, man. I mean, and at one point she had a her switch has like some glitch where it frequently has SD card issues. I can't remember the error code, although I've had to contact Nintendo about it a thousand times. Um and she had a thing earlier this year before the uh like the update came cloud out. Save? It was yeah. Yeah, it was when she was trying to download the cloud save patch. Um, all of a sudden it wouldn't download and she couldn't get Animal Crossing to start. And I put up this tweet that was like, hey, my daughter's Animal Crossing like 300 plus hour game is on the verge of being deleted. Like who can give me help? And like the amount of Twitter that rallied around this seven-year-old child they didn't know to be like, do this. If it gets erased, we'll come over with turnips. We'll come over with bells. You know, like (laughs) 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 we'll give her a piano. We'll get her island back. (laughs) (laughs) It was was really, it was really sweet and really heartwarming. And she, she funny enough, um, you know, she, she knows uh, Zach Reno. And so she would go to Zach's Island frequently, even when I wasn't there to like facilitate the interaction, (laughs) she would just see that Zach was online and then message him and go to his Island. And there were a couple other people she would do that to who were like friends of mine. And several times she would be text me and be like, who is, uh, I can't remember P- Paul F. Tompkins' Animal Crossing name, but she'd uh-huh. run into Paul F. Tompkins in Animal Crossing 
the same way you might run into someone who lives in your neighborhood at the grocery store. <laughs> and it, it happens so much. I'm like, I know Paul, but not well, you know, uh-huh. certainly not well enough to just reach out and be like, Hey man, you keep seeing my daughter at animal crossing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what's just, that about <laughs> <laughs> really aggressive. I just, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Hey babe, that's, that's Paul Tompkins. He's nice. <laughs> you can talk to him if you want. <laughs> But yeah, now she's on. Uh, now she's on Just Dance 2020. Uh, we got her uh, a full Ubisoft account, so she has like all the unlocked songs and everything. Wow! Wow! Um, but yeah, she she goes through phases. She'll find a game she really latches onto and play nonstop, and then she'll go back to fucking Roblox and make me want to open a vein, you know. But um, <laughs> but for her, it's also like a social thing, you know. Like she'll, right. she'll talk to her friends mm-hmm. while she plays and stuff. Like it's it's very cool. It's very very cool. Yeah, I can, I have to I have to imagine right now that is like such an important way for kids to like maintain mm-hmm. friendships, you know. Yeah. Uh, um uh well, let's uh, we should uh, we should pivot to this week's game. Uh okay. we're talking about Super Meat Boy released in 2010 by Team Meat. Yeah, Super Meat Boy is a 2010 platform game designed by Team Meat, which is Edmund McMillan and Tommy Refenes? I think it's Refenes. I think that's uh, it was, uh, uh, the sequel to a flash game called meat boy, which was published in 2008. It was originally, uh, published on the Xbox 360 via Xbox live arcade in October, 2010, and was a huge success and has been ported to Microsoft windows, OS X, Linux, PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, Wii U, and the Nintendo switch. Other games that came out in 2010 include mass effect two, Red Dead Redemption, the fucking masterpiece, Super Mario Galaxy 2, and uh, the indie hit Limbo. Um, mm. Super Meat Boy is a platforming game where you control a chunk of meat who is trying to save his girlfriend, uh, Bandage Girl, is that her name? I yes, didn't write down the girlfriend's girl. name. I just, I keep referring to her as Princess in my notes. Um, mm, and she has, huh? <laughs> She has been uh, sounds like a damsel in distress trope. <laughs> Do better, Heather. Wait, what game? What game did you play? Uh, uh, one day, Bandage Girl has been kidnapped by Doctor Fetus, who is a fetus in a life support suit. Uh, hat tip to Hideo Kojima. Um, get it, guys, because wow. of Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there are a sequ- series of escalating. Uh, infamously difficult levels where any single uh, failure results in the death of your character, but you have infinite lives and infinite restarts. Gentlemen, how'd you feel about Super Meat Boy? I, I do want to, but before we get into that, I, I do want to, uh, I what do want to, to, what did I do? I what did I do? I to fucking not say <laughs> one what did thing. I do wrong? Is, here's what you didn't do. <laughs> what anything wrong. You know what? I played this game in 2010. So you're, you're, you're going to call me out on a decade of thinking about super meat. No, I, I, like, I am clarifying you one dumb point, bitch, which is think not, about this. Oh, uh, hold on. <laughs> The uh, the this is uh, this is not clear in the text. This is only this is something you have to go to the de- the designer, Ed McMillan. Uh, uh, this is his perspective on it. When he talks about this in indie game, the movie Meat Boy or is not a boy made of meat. He is a boy, a little boy who has no skin. So it mm-hmm. is a little bit more depraved than 
uh, it may be, seem on the surface. And also that kind of is explains that why his counterpart is Bandage Girl, uh, who can give him the salvation from the painful skinless existence with which he lives in which he lives yeah she's a, a manic pixie bandage girl that's <laughs> yes she's gonna fix it. um we should also note that as of this recording the sequel super meat boy forever is days away from release uh december 23rd 2020 this game is finally coming out it's been development for a while tommy Refines uh, is working on it with a new team without ed mcmillan and ed mcmillan uh, uh i i should mention also made the binding of isaac which you talked about mm-hmm. earlier berg uh, the famous roguelike. Uh, I want to so, po- point out yeah. that the music of this game was done by uh, Danny Baranowski, who did uh, Cannibal's soundtrack, as well as oh. The Binding of Isaac and uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. I um, used to really love Cannibal's, so I was like, hey, it's that game. Yeah, yeah. I got really obsessed with Cannibal for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Super Meat Boy. Um, and I, I'll be very honest, I came into it ready to not like it um, because of how much I've played Binding of Isaac. Mm. And and I find Binding of Isaac's aesthetic uh, oppressive, immature, and stupid. Like, it's, yes. it's the, the greatest organic mechanics in any game I've ever played. And I have to spend the whole game going like, fuck, I can't believe I'm getting excited about wanting this fucking, like, PP poo-poo, like, oh, there's a pile of yeah. turds. Oh, there's a big pile. I've got to fight the turd boss. You know, like, it, it makes me upset. But uh, <laughs> but I thought Super Meat Boy was just, um, like, just, like, gross enough to be like, yeah, this is, like, the fun part of being 12. Um, but also was really mechanically rewarding um, and uh, hard without being punishing, I felt. I felt like it was yes. always a fair difficult. Yes, it's not unfair. You're absolutely yeah. I I fully agree with you. I I will say that yeah. The the only because I love this game and and the only thing that I that that I don't that I have any sort of negative reaction to is the the tone of it is the um mm-hmm. uh the sensibility which I agree with you is like there's a time in my life when I uh, you know like a fetus with a monocle and top hat uh and you know like throwing bricks at a a, a sentient you know turd monster where i would think that was like the funniest thing in the world uh but, I, but like that's when you thought that was funny. 2010 <laughs> yes you know when this when this came out i was busting a gut but now i've seen it so it's old to me uh, no but th- there was there's a t- this would this like you said inner 12 year old like when i was younger there i definitely would have thought like a lot of this stuff was like like hilarious and random but now i just like find a lot of it a little bit like gross and i don't like to look at it but that said uh the, the thing i do like is so the Meat Boy, your player character, is this, uh, you know, is running around and everywhere he goes, he leaves a little trail of blood, which is like, you know, first off, just visually like, you know, striking, but also kind of a helpful gameplay thing because you're replaying yes. these levels endlessly as you keep dying and you'll see your trail of where you went and maybe you'll be like sort of like, oh, that's where I should go again to, you know, that's where I need to to uh, jump off of this wall to give myself enough um arc to successfully make this jump or that's where I want to want to not go like it's it's like kind of a helpful cue for the player as well I have a question about yeah how you guys felt about playing the game which is mm-hmm. um based on my experience um this is a game for me where I become increasingly less confident the more I play a level interesting like, mm-hmm. generally speaking I can react and uh 
especially in the early levels, one shot through the level over and over and over again, no problem. There were multiple times where my own personal jitteriness would get me all the way to the princess and then I would fuck up upon getting to the princess. Like I would fall off her simple ledge. And then a second attempt at the game or at the level would cloud my judgment and cloud my my instincts and I would become impatient and or uh, like insecure about my choices and it would get harder and harder and harder the longer I spent on each individual level. Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen to me on every level, but I'll definitely have some levels where I get in a rut and I get on tilt and I start making like I'm I st- keep dying in the same place. I'm making this like my muscle memory has gotten to the point where I'm making the same mistake repeatedly or I start mm-hmm. making new mistakes and, and failing on parts of the level that I hadn't previously, which I think is what you're saying. But I do want to touch on the, the one thing like so this game is difficult, I feel like all the way through and the levels are very short. They're like it's usually like a 30 seconds uh, stretch of gameplay where you have to do, you know, eight X, eight actions or something perfectly, and then you'll win that level. Uh, that's uh, which a lot of times is not nearly as easy as it sounds. It requires a bunch of uh, attempts to get it right. But the like a lot of times there will be that that one final obstacle that trips you up. So, you know, Bandage Girl is in a certain location you're trying to get to or you go through this this uh, incredible gauntlet of various traps and then you've just got like one saw blade that's just on the ground right in front of her and you've got to perfectly time your jump to get over that. And if you relax at all, uh, because the goal is in sight, you die there and you have to do the whole thing over over and over again. That That's happened to me a bunch playing through this. I My experience was, uh, Heather, what you just said very much resonates with me about like, yeah, I would get in my head and then I would mess it up. You know, like yeah. right. there's there's certain levels where I actually was reading about Super Meat Boy Forever. I was like, I think I would be better at that game because I can't I can't overthink it if I don't know what's coming next. Like I'm much mm. better like re- with a twitchy reaction to it than mm-hmm. trying to plan things out. And what what would happen to me is I would get to a point. This just happened like uh, like last night. I would get to a point where I'd have a level and I would die. Like eight or nine times, 10 times in a row and just get so fucking discouraged. Like, I just got to walk away. And then I would come back the next day and beat the level first try like it was nothing. <laughs> oh, know? yes. Yeah. You know, and so I think part of that is is very much a, yeah, you, you get in your head, you're so close to getting it right that all you can see is the distance away from how, how correct it should be. Um, and I think part of it too is very much just like, a, you know, the, the main thing, the main thing they think that sleep does is encode memories from short term into long term storage. Like that's mm. kind of the evolutionary trade off. Is like, yeah, you're vulnerable for eight hours, but on the other hand, you can learn things and remember them your whole life. And I think with Super Meat Boy, it's like, yeah, oh no, when this level's in my short term memory, it's like all like wishy washy, and I keep messing it up. As soon as it goes into long term memory, then mm. I'm like, I got this, you know, and all of a sudden <laughs> you just go straight through. Um, but I, I enjoyed wow. that push pull, but it did stop me from having my favorite thing to do, which is like a six hour marathon session where you get deep into one game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it prevented that, but I, I really liked it. I, I don't mean that as a complaint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can quite take that approach with this game because, um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a uh, it's it's a little too punishing. But uh, but that said, in in shorter stretches, the reason why it is, I think, so playable despite its difficulty is Beyond the unlimited lives, a great design decision. I think the the even the the just as important or even more important thing is the near instant restarts. 
of like mm-hmm. you die, there's no death screen, uh, there's no big animation for your reset. You just sort of kind of pop back at the beginning and you're and you right back into it. There's basically no delay whatsoever. Um, and you know, a lot of games have have replicated this. Celeste recently like has a yeah. similar sort of thing. When you die, it's just like your blip. You're you're right back in it. Um, and uh, and that that is so huge for this game, and it makes mm-hmm. it so that like the consequence of failure, even though you have to do it all over again, uh, is minimized. Uh, without nerfing the difficulty it's you know so i I had mentioned earlier that i kind of came into this game with my arms crossed a little bit um you know because because the tone of binding of isaac and then also because uh when it came out i didn't have an xbox i still don't um you know so i sort of missed it when it came out and i really only knew about it from watching the indie indie game documentary um you know which featured this game braid and fez yes um and now i've played all three and i my life is complete yes Um, (laughs) But, you know, and the impression I got was that this was like a very like massacre game, you know, like where this was for like the gamers who were like, you know, deep in the threads on reset era, <laughs> you know, and like, <laughs> and, like really seen some hairy shit, you know, and and I was really pleasantly surprised by how by how fair it felt like, you know, part of that is just as you were saying, Nick, the immediate restart of the levels, uh, the infinite lives but also how short the levels are like, yeah. So when you, when you do succeed, it's not like a, yeah, you succeeded, but now you have to go all the way back and succeed with all this stuff again, which I think some of the levels in Celeste suffered from, although I really, really loved Celeste. Um, it was just this kind of like, yeah, it's basically like you're playing a level with checkpoints, like every couple of enemies, you know, and it made it this kind of very, when you could get into the flow of it, it made it a very, very satisfying experience to play. I full, fully agree with you. I, I also will say, that referencing Indie Game, the movie, so uh, if you are on Stitcher Premium, we have an upcoming episode of Premium DLC uh, of How Did This Get Played. Premium DLC. DLC. Where we review Indie Game, the movie. And the guys who make this film, or I'm sorry, the guys who make this game in the film, Edmund and Tommy, I think are the two most sympathetic characters. They're the two you're really mm-hmm. kind of rooting for they're these two kind of working class guys ones in santa cruz california Biger, what um, are you doing you're in... giving away that premium content for free I'm... it's just a tease <laughs> <Cock tea. laughs> i go in the wrong is this the wrong premium direction i could, I could do this for hours <laughs> <laughs> so so Edmund and Tommy uh, Tommy lives in North Carolina and uh, you know they're working on this game and they're both like just like really so passionate about it and and one thing I will say is like like in a way this game I like what it represents and it's 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 financial and critical success uh, it, it taken in context with what these guys were trying to do when they made this game um a, a aesthetic and sensibility aside it's like both these guys, this is exactly the game they were trying to make. They cared so much about making Super Meat Boy and yeah. executing their vision uh, in this way, and they did it. They like put in all the work, and they did it. They put out this product, and the the critics and the marketplace were like, we love this. 
And so there's a part of Super Meat Boy that like beyond me just like liking this as a game, I like what it represents because it's that's like kind of the aspiration of anyone who's ever created anything. I'm yeah. just like your you your your ultimate goal is to make something that you care about and then just sort of say like here it is and have everyone say like we love this. Yeah. Like that's like the height of artistic achievement. That's like, you know, that's the dream I feel like of everyone. So uh-huh. um a- I, I I love it for that reason. I I, I- this makes sense because you quote the Fountainhead so often. Uh, That's Weiger, true. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Feels like this is the accomplishment of the of the of the Ubermensch that you have been waiting for. A super meat. Uh, who is John Gall? <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you know, I will say, like, even like even like my issues with the tone, you know, like, and even in this, like, it's like, yeah, there's a level just called gallbladder for no reason. Like they had a medical dictionary and they're like, this is a squishy body part, you know, like, right. It's, it's not my thing. It's also not my thing that Dr. Fetus literally punches bandage girl in the face at the end of every fucking level. Like yeah. it's the sound effect and the animation. There's no other way to interpret that. than he's just punching bandage girl in the face for no reason. Like it's not for me. It is very clearly an uncompromised, like, hey, this is what we like, you know, like, right. It, fe- it feels like they made the game because they wanted they wanted to play it, you know, which is like, you know, when you when sometimes like when you watch an improv show or something like these, these five middle aged white men are just doing the show to amuse themselves. And like, sometimes yeah. that's great. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, never an improv. But yes. <laughs> oh, the only thing that has more artistic integrity than a long form improv show is acapella. And I defy you, sir, <laughs> to criticize acapella. <laughs> I know what you mean, Bert, because a lot of times someone will uh, will come watch me perform and then tell me afterwards, hey, you look like you're having a lot of fun up there. <laughs> <laughs> the worst, the worst yeah. post show review. Yeah. Um, uh, the physics feel great in this. I, I one thing I like for uh, design wise, just like as a as a platformer, is there's a run button, but there's a reason not to run. There's a lot of obstacles and jumps and and you know enemies that you can avoid by just like laying off the run button, which I I think is just like I, I, I it's great that that's it's not just like hey so, I, if I could if I could turn on caps lock it w- I would yeah the hardest level of difficulty for me in this game was laying off the run button, which right. is like is so muscle memory ingrained into every Mario playthrough that I've ever had. Like the, the idea of walking somewhere in it, I, I wish Sonic had a button that you could hold down that would make him a little bit faster. Like that would make the game more. <laughs> right. So yeah, it was th- th- that's of the mechanics. That was the hardest for me to ingest was sometimes you regular jump. There was a there was an interesting mechanically with this for me where it felt and I think this was it, it feels this way intentionally I don't think this is a bug or anything but like it feels a little slippery at times like like mm-hmm. Meat Boy like lands and then there's a little bit of give and it reminded yes. me of um, did any of you guys play Carrion uh, indie game where yeah we did yeah we, we did Carrion on the show yeah it's it's so great and like the controls in that game are goopy. <laughs> you know, like sure you can't, yeah they're the opposite of, of precise and i felt like in you know i keep comparing this to celeste because that was probably the last like platformer i got really into um but like it, in my head it, it felt like such a nice thing that distinguished super meat boy from celeste for me because it was like yeah he's he's meaty he doesn't have any skin on his feet like he's got no traction so like if you land on a wall or if you like do a jump too fast, like you're going to slide a little bit more. It's going to fuck you up just a little bit. And like, 
it's always consistent. You can learn it. You can like learn to play with it. You can play around it. Um, but it did, it did immerse me a little bit more in the world in a way that I enjoyed. Right. It both this and Carrion have a feeling. So like often you aren't, how do I put this? It's like if you could play with a mouse and a um, gamepad at the same time. There's a floatiness to mm-hmm. both Carrion and Super Meat Boy where it feels a little bit more like drift racing than regular racing. <laughs> where yeah. like you're 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 especially like on the fan levels where it's more about like you jump once and then you sort of like control your f- fall instead of like aiming your fall. Like, does that make sense? Like it it, it feels a little bit more like, and, and since speed in this game is often rewarded, like if you just start going as fast as you can, then most, most of the obstacles will be in a place that is synchronized to that alacrity. So like there's, there's a, like a feeling of like I'm controlling this bear, this out of control object by like blowing a wind in the right direction. Mm. Um, whereas Mario feels a little like a lot heavier. Like he feels like he's yeah. like sure he's locked onto the ground unless you release him. Meat Boy feels like he's supposed to be in the sky, but is unfortunately tethered sometimes. Right. No, definitely. He's he's he is floaty and skiddy as as both of you said. Um, and yeah, you just have to adapt to that. Uh, yeah. But it, it but it seems to like it's it's fitting for his character model. Like like physically, he seems to that seems like the properties that he should have. He's a little um, greasy piece of shit. He's a little greasy meatball. Little greasy piece of shit, meat boy. Little greasy meaty. Uh, by the way, I was watching before we recorded today, I was watching a speed run of this dude fucking just fly through this game in 17 minutes. Oh, I watched that one. um, Yeah. But what's great about that, if you watch the same one I did, it was it's the I think he's playing on a keyboard. Yeah. And so I'll try to replicate it with my mechanical keyboard. So he's just like shredding fucking Super Meat Boy, which is hard with a controller. I can't imagine playing it with a keyboard, let alone fucking speed running this uh, this beast. And it just sounds like this. Can you guys hear that at all? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> I okay, heard the first heard. thump. It didn't work. Yeah. Wait, here, let me try it. All right, well, oh, Heather's yeah, yeah. Heather's yeah. busting out her mechanical keyboard. Oh, so yeah, you look can, at this it's thing. Like, it's like this. I think no? it's just because of Zoom. Zoom, like, won't pick up, like, a noise like that, but we're going to hear it on the... On, in there, uh, I'll fix Got it, it, you guys. Uh, this is a little-known fact about me. I can make any noise come out of my mouth. I'm, I have frequently been called the human liar bird. Okay. So get ready. This is the sound of a mechanical keyboard just burning through super meat boy. This impression will be 17 minutes long. Now, okay, so people are going to think I put in the audio from the speed run there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They are, yeah. But that was please, Berg, I assure you. Please yeah. don't interrupt. This, this impression goes on for another 16 minutes and 45 seconds.
uh, before we leave, there's also a bunch of um, bonus levels in this game yes. that are like nice oh, yeah. hat tips to other uh, independent games and aesthetics. There's like 8-bit versions and there's a like braid style levels and there are uh, castle crasher style levels. And that's, I think, a really nice uh, drop in to feel in this game. Like, oh, this is part of a time and th- right. that time was this time when all these other games came out. Felt it, I, I like that a lot. That actually reminds me of a question I want to ask that I thought you guys might know the answer to, and it would be more fun to ask you than to just Google it. Um, but I was really into uh, the Bit Trip games, um, mm-hmm. like you know, around this era. I played a lot of Bit Trip Runner specifically, and Bit Trip Runner has um, you can get versions of Meat Boy and Bandage mm-hmm. Girl in the original mm-hmm. Bit Trip Runner that came out. Um, and, uh, and Bit Trip Runner also has like the same kind of bonus get, you know, like, and then you play like the right. old, like 8-bit version of the game. Do you guys know what that connection, what that connection is either canonically or just like the developers were friends, which I imagine is all it really boils down to. Um, yeah, I, Bit, Bit Trip Runner also is, uh, you know, you can unlock a, a playable character in, uh, in Super Meat Boy, possibly more than one. I, I, I found one in this playthrough, but I, it's, uh, like, yeah, I don't know if I, I just assumed it was mutual fandom or friendship. I don't know if there's an actual connection there. Yeah, I, I've, according to, so I, on Wikipedia, it just says Meat Boy has made cameo appearances in the video games Bit Trip Runner, Bit Trip Fate, Bit Trip Presents Runner 2, Future Legend of Rhythm Alien, as well as Splunky, Dust, Ori in the Blind Forest, Retro City Ram- Rampage, and Ilomilo. Uh, the game's success spurred the development of the indie video game Cuphead. Um, so uh, I think it's just that the energy of the room, I think it's the energy of the room. Like a bunch of people being like, <laughs> oh man, we all like each other and we all, but but that's my, my headcanon for this. So it could be yeah. anything. I, I accept this headcanon. I like that headcanon. I, I think I prefer that headcanon to like a, well, actually, you see, Commander Video is the one who stole Meat Boy's skin. You know, that's, <laughs> right, more, right. that's more satisfying to me. It's like, like yeah, they're friends, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I hope the actual answer is like, oh, yeah, Newgrounds gave Microsoft a uh, hundred thousand dollars. And they, it was like <laughs> yeah. just a fucking like licensing deal. Yeah. Um, well, we should uh, we should get to our final thoughts on Super Meat Boy. So uh, it's time for our review crew. <laughs> So we'd say something positive. <laughs> Thank you, Berg. We'd say something positive. <laughs> Matt, you got another one? It's time for the review crew. Hey! That was actually really good, man. And out of the blue. Wow! And Heather thought she had the late 90s experience with her Victor Saturn. She didn't know you had a Bill Clinton impression waiting in the wings. Man! Monica, get the review crew. Wow! Also, what an intense thing to pull out after what, like a hundred episodes or whatever we've done on this show. That's, that's just be like, on it this whole time. Good God! Man, well done, well done. Uh, so we'll say something positive about this game uh, and give it a numerical decimal rating. Uh, I will start. 
lots of positive things to say about this game. I I do really uh, I do really love it. Uh, the one I'm going to zero in on is the sound it plays. The the voiceover clip when you hit a warp zone. Matt, can we hear that clip? To me, just like such a a great warp zone sound, uh, uh, like with ducking into a, pi- a Mario pipe. Um, I, I you know the like I said, the only thing that I the the only negative I have for this game is the uh, the aesthetic and tone, which is you know just a little edge lord for my tastes um, and demographic. Uh, but I I do really like this game. I like what it re- what it represents. I like what it did for indie games, and I like what it did for. Uh, platformers, which is, you know, one of my favorite genres. I I, I messed around with this, you know, a, a while back and then and was just treated as a curiosity slash rage game. Uh, I was like, oh, this is this is neat. And I really tried to treat it like an actual game this time and played through it. And I was like, I'm going to finish this. And I didn't. But <laughs> I am on. I am on the second to last level. So wow. I am, uh, wow. I am yeah, very good on you. To knocking this out, and I'm going to. I'm dead set to do it this weekend. Uh, I'm going to give this a. I'm going to go high on this. I'm going to give this a nine point five. Wow, uh, Heather, what do you think? Nick, first off, I want to say you talk shit about yourself playing games so often. You talk about mm-hmm. how bad you are at it, how much you suck at video games. Yeah, I can't and, satisfy my wife. And, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 I just want to say that you like this is a challenge and the fact that you I mean that's a that's huge man that's really good and and you you beat Noid like you're you're I did beat you Noid yeah you're a real gamer and I think it's time you own up to it and I think maybe the podcast is making you better while Mm. making you emotionally worse Um, yeah probably true For me, positive about Super Meat Boy. First off, I feel really nostalgic for th- Xbox 360. Like I, I uh, like playing this game. Brought back the memories of like a a more hopeful time. Uh, I love the um, you know, there was it was just like really cool when when indie games first started being mass marketed on um on a platform, on a console, like you could play them on a computer. Like you could play fucking, uh, what's that game developed by pixel that I love so much? Um, cave mm-hmm. story, cave story. Like you could, oh, yes, you could yes, play yes. like cave story on a computer and it all, it's not like they came out of nowhere, but suddenly being able to just like have them on your living room TV without a bunch of work was really nice. Um, I really like in super meat boy, what do I like about this game? Um, I <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like in the hospital that the so you like there's saw blades in in most of the levels. There's lava when you go to hell. There's there's like a lot of traditional like uh, obstacles, but in the hospital it's piles of syringes. Oh, and yeah. if you touch a pile of syringes, you die. And it's so aw- like gross. Uh, and and scary, like it's scary to see a big mountain of syringes. Uh, it does feel worse than spikes. It does. Yes, it, it feels a step up from spikes. Yeah, like, I don't like, know who used these. I would hate to die on a pile of syringes. That would be the worst thing that I could think of after burning and drowning. Uh, so anyway, I really like I like that. Um, 
And I like the memories this gave, game playing this game again gave me. Uh, I'm going to go 8.5 on this. It wow. is a super meat boy indeed. Ferg? Uh, well, let's go to a super Matt boy, Matt oh, Apodaca. Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Whoa. Whoa. I, just, I always want to skip Matt because I feel like he's he's said so much. Like what? he's constantly uh, fucking talking. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus. I, I think that Matt should do his entire review in his book. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I was worried that because I hadn't talked since then that I would forgot forget how I actually talked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was going to get stuck in. So I, I was, uh, I'm glad I did. That's not what happened. Um, I'll say that, I mean, I, I loved playing this. I did not beat it. I'm, uh, it is now a goal of mine to beat it. Um, but one of the positive things that I'll say about this game is that, Berg, you recommended Bit Trip to me years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a delight to see Commander Video and be like, oh yeah, I'm glad we're doing this with oh, Berg. Nice. This is nice. Oh, great. Uh, and, but the other thing that I really loved is this music, baby. This is good. Yeah. <laughs> is that music from the Switch version? I think so. It's a, it says that it's an HD version here on YouTube. And boy, howdy. Little, little known fact the music was redone uh, for oh. the Switch. <laughs> PlayStation and Vita versions because of a licensing disagreement with the original composer. So there are now, two soundtracks in... to Super Meat Boy. That's very wow. interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the music in in either version is is wonderful. And I'm going to give this game. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give it a nine. Nicely wow. done. Nicely done. Very good score. Very good. Uh, Alex Berg, something positive. Your thoughts. Your score. Um. I've never come so hard as I did when I was playing this game. <laughs> Why is this a positive? Oh that's, that's undeniably positive. He's Can got us. It's positive. Tell yeah, me I know he's right. Mark. That's a positive thing. Um, no, I, I really like this game a lot. I, you know, and literally just in the past, like, couple minutes, you know, listening to Heather talk about the nostalgia for that era of video games, and I, I didn't realize until uh, until this combo that had been based on a Flash game. And, you know, both of those things are adding layers of enjoyment to it for me um, that I, I didn't have while playing through it just, you know, in the past couple weeks or whatever. Um, but it, there is a way in which, like, as soon as you guys are like, well, it's based on a Flash game, I'm like, right, that's why it feels like this era of things. Like, you know, that yes. kind of edgelord, like, what if a Teletubby did heroin? Wouldn't that be a sick flash animation? You know, like, <laughs> you know, this, this stuff that was like just sort of coming into its own when I was graduating high school, and, you know, going through college and stuff. Um, I really think this is like a really good tough as nails platformer. That's not an unfair platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the way in which the game gives you the blood trail. And then after you beat a level, like the ghosts of the previous meat boys, is super encouraging and allows you to learn from your own mistakes. I think the fact that it doesn't give you like a set number of lives or set number of restarts encourages you to learn by making mistakes. And it makes it very, even if you suck at it, like I do, I am not where Nick is in the game. I, I'm having a hard time with the boss of the hospital, which is the second area, you know, like, and like, I keep getting really close and then fucking up and then, you know, whatever, I'll probably go to sleep and beat it tomorrow. But, um, uh, I think I think this is like a really great game. My my only uh, real gripe with it is one that I came into it with, and so I don't know how fair it is to to put on the game itself. 
And it's just kind of knowing what Edmund uh, McMillan's taste in humor is and knowing that it's not mine. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But that having been said, the game is mechanically fun enough to play moment to moment that that stuff is really easy for me to overlook. And I think I give this a, a solid nine. Very solid 9.0. Woo. Wow. Very good score. Yeah. Great scores all around for Super Meat Boy. Yes. But Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong. We've got, I should write this down. We've got <laughs> reviews from uh, all over the internet that present a contrary opinion to our glowing, our universally glowing praise for Super Meat Boy. Nick, would you like to go first or should I? I'll, I I can go. Uh, I've got a short one. You know, there's a lot of reviews that are just people mad uh, that they're losing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's that's actually most of the negative reviews in the Steam store just talking about how this game is cheap and, and unfair uh, and unfun. Uh, but this is my favorite of those. This is by Bolt Levy. This is not recommended. Um, and uh, this is the entire text of the review. I hate you. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. I uh, I also have a, a short review here, a couple of ones, a couple short reviews from the Steam store from Carl's Jr. who was 4.1 hours on record uh, posted this year, not 2010. So this year, November 17. This game is gay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Carl's Jr. 2020. Yeah. This game is gay. Like if this uh, was yeah. from 2010, I'd be like, Ah, it's okay. I mean, you, they didn't know. As yeah. uh, the other um, negative review I have from the Steam Store is another single sentence. Thirteen point seven hours on record. Sheeperman posted on November twenty six. First off, it says a uh, caveat uh, in the review: product received for free. Um, okay. So thirteen point seven hours. Lots of hours. The review says my dad is starving me. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> But you got the game for free. You should get that yeah. going for you. Yeah, at least he's not wasting money on a video game. You can spend that money, go to Carl's Jr., buy a $6 thick burger or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> Feed your dad. There you go. And then shower with him and then compare it to the simulator. You know, if it all comes. <laughs> uh, I've got a post. This is actually from Quora. So I, I was looking about, I was just looking for looking up meat in video games and seeing if I could I could come up with something because you know meat is a common element in video games beyond Super Meat Boy you got mm-hmm. you got your wall meat in Castlevania uh, you know you got dog meat in, in in the Fallout series There there's a good amount of meat out there there's all there's a meat factory in the Oddworld mm-hmm. series but I was like maybe yeah. there's something I can maybe there's something to find with just like looking for meat in video games and I stumbled upon this, this is a Quora post if you are a vegan is it okay to eat meat in a video game? Here's the top reply. This is by Andrew Briggs, uh, whose uh, qualification is is specified as worked at a pizza restaurant for several years. <laughs> Andrew writes, are you serious? I've burned cities, flattened continents from orbit. I've destroyed planets and I've hunted entire spacefaring civilizations to the point of extinction. I've dropped explosives in civilian areas. I've laid on a rooftop and shot beachgoers for no other reason than they didn't like their shirts. I've stolen cars. I've landed heavy cargo aircraft on busy freeways. I've derailed trains. I've thrown people out of boats into shark-infested waters. I've pulled people's teeth out without anesthetic or tools. I've blown people's limbs off just to watch them hop around. 
I've thrown pipe bombs into occupied restroom cubicles. I've roamed around a foreign island deliberately targeting creatures of a certain species for destruction for no reason other than I found that species irritating. But none of these terrible things that I did or did not do ever occurred in real life. Because a character I play in a game is not necessarily the same sort of person that I am in real life. Somehow I seem to get through my day without murdering, cheating, or mutilating huge numbers of people. Because who you are in a game is under no obligation to mirror who you are in real life. Or to put it another way, it doesn't matter if you're vegan. Your virtual character eating virtual meat will not harm you. <laughs> what a wow. Time. Yeah. Wow. D- the more you know. <laughs> that means it's time for the question block. Ding! All right. This one is from at Dan Skissick on Twitter. And they write, what video game accomplishment would you put on your resume? My ZipRecruiter profile states that I beat all Super Meat Boy levels, dark and light. Ooh. That's impressive. I started going through the dark levels in the um in World One, uh, Chapter One when I when I just needed a break from trying to get through that final chapter. Um, and yeah, they are they are significantly more difficult. I can't imagine how hard they're going to get towards the end. Uh, so yeah, that's really that's honestly really impressive. I do have one. Mine goes way back, but it is I have beaten Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out. And in fact, I got to the point where I could knock him out in the second round. I got pretty like I was like, I just was a thing I used to be able to do. Uh, I I, I took a, I took basically an entire Saturday and was like, I'm just going to beat Mike Tyson and figured it out. And then after that, I could just do it. And it would just be like a party trick I could have. So that would be mine, Uh, you know, and and I think, yeah, I I think that that certainly has some relevance to people of our generation. Uh, Heather, (laughs) you got anything? I would say multiple first place in Tetris 99. Uh, wow. That feels wow. like an uh, accomplishment, like a, like a bevy of firsts in both that. And although it's much simpler, Mario 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario 35, I was getting first enough that I stopped playing, uh, which is a hard wow. brag. I got bored. <laughs> 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 what do you got, Matt Apodaca? You got a... You got a Game brag? A I game resume thinking, brag? I mean, there are things that I've talked about on the show before, but like accidentally letting the end die in Metal Gear Solid 3 oh, uh, yeah. was like sort mm-hmm. of like a fun thing that happened to me. And then also like downloading and playing PT at time of release. Like that is oh, something yeah. that not many people can say. I, I mean, I guess plenty of people can say, but fewer people than now. Um, and so doing that, and uh, being so afraid that I uh, did delete it so it wouldn't scare me anymore <laughs> um, would, be, would be on my resume. Uh, yeah, Berg, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, like, my, my normal game brag is Tetris. Uh, and Heather kind of had like a Tetris game brag. But I, I guess I will throw in that for a long time I worked for the, this company network that is currently doing the Tetris mobile game on mm-hmm. iOS and Android, uh, pretty much everywhere but China. Um, and while they were building and testing the game, I was the person at the company who nobody could beat. Like the wow. developers couldn't beat me hey. when we would have uh, competitions with Blue Planet Software, who are the, the rights holders to Tetris companies. Their resident Tetris expert couldn't beat me. Uh, wow. I am I am mm. very beatable. As soon as the game went went live, it became clear that I do not hold a candle to the true, like really good Tetris players who are out there. Uh, Shout out to Wombo Ties. Um, but uh, but I I was within that. I was a big a big fish in that small pond. And the small pond was 
the people whose job it is to build Tetris games. Um, and I was, yes. I was better than them. That was a that felt like a good a good badge of honor for me. That's fucking rad. That that's also like a a phenomenon. We talked about this actually a little bit with PFT and and Halo. But like when you are, you know, like I was like just like fucking great at Smash Brothers in my dorms. But if I hop on fucking a, I try to hop on a server these days and play online, I'm just going to get absolutely shit housed by all mm-hmm. these fucking pro level Smash players. But like like that like that IRL multiplayer gaming when you can like yeah. just sort of dominate your friends is such a, and your coworkers. That's such an awesome feeling. Yeah, mm. it was great. It was real good. Mm. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, that's I love I love that feeling. You got a bunch of people over and you're playing you're playing games with them and you're like, oh man, I'm so much because you so many people. In Something here. I still do six nights a week, every oh. night but Wednesdays. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of people. Bird, oh no, we, we get like ten or twelve dudes into my ten by ten foot apartment with no. Oh, oh no, and oh, boy. you know uh, everybody just sits around and we play any any game you want. Doesn't even matter if it's fucking competitive. We'll play Animal Crossing. And oh, every yeah. time somebody plants a tree, oh, God. everyone has to take off their shirts and yell. And then, you know, we all high five and stuff. <laughs> it's fucking, you guys should come by. We're always looking for more people. Um, We're always no, looking I'm, for more yeah, people. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I might pass. Mm. I, I yeah. could make it. Yeah, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> Matt's into it. Matt's into it. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at GetPlayedPod or send us an email at GetPlayedPod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616-2PLAYED. That is 616-275-2933. Our music and engineering is by Devin Bryant. Follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And our guest today has been Alex Berg. Berg, anything you want to plug? No, uh, I guess if you want to watch some uh, some improv on Twitch, because uh, I don't actually go into uh, crowded rooms with people anymore. Uh, every Thursday night, um, my, my longstanding team from UCB does a Twitch show now, uh, at twitch.tv slash convoy improv. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter for like, I guess, retweets of science articles and pictures of my daughter, um, uh, check me out at actually Berg. Awesome. It's so, so great to have you back, Berg. So great to talk to you you guys. It was very nice to see you all. This was a, this was a fun, like. I, I miss seeing you all in person. This was a, this was truly a wonderful thing for me. Yeah. Likewise, buddy. Uh, yeah. a, a real blast. Um, and Matt, tell us next week's game. Next week's game, What Remains of Edith Finch. Goodbye, everyone. Ooh. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. Edge.